Boy, I got a lot done today. Made some donations. Got groceries for the next week. Helped a neighbor remove a dead tree even. But the forecast was for rain. That's why I did all that stuff. And it was a beautiful day. What can I do about that? Welcome to What Is It About the Weather, a podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek. This week, we're going to be talking about if you really can. Is there something you can do to improve your weather forecast? Before we get there, hope you're having nice weather. I did a little fall seeking this weekend. That's why things are running a little late. Got up into the mountains. Did some high pointing as well. You've heard me mention that before. It was wild. I, I mean, absolutely not weather you would recommend for climbing the tops of, of mountain peaks, but the good news was neither one of the hikes, despite the elevation, was particularly challenging. Both of them had a road that you could take, at least for part of it. Did it in, in two states here in the northeastern U.S. One is uh, Vermont, the other is New Hampshire. The high points are like not next to each other, but they're relatively close within a couple hours, so decided to make a weekend of it. And the first one... It was really beautiful when you started the drive, and then you drove up into the fog, and the fog stayed with us the rest of the day, and it you know, just kind of made things slippery and slick, but it was okay overall. It, it's interesting. I thought about it on the way there that the perfect weather for hiking, if you know, like if you want somebody who's afraid of heights, or as I like to say, it's, never, it's not about the heights quite often. It's about the fear of falling or, or something else you know, that causes that sort of disorientation or just worry that something's going to happen. Fog is the perfect weather because I can tell you when I could see the, the drop-offs were pretty significant and I'm glad I didn't have to think about it. And with so much fog, I didn't have to. And the second one was similar. The second one is a, it's a well-known place. It was up in um, New Hampshire, a place called Mount Washington. And until, I don't know, four or five years ago, it had the highest recording for a wind gust. Uh, And it may have something similar for sustained winds, but the record was for uh, gust of wind that was surpassed by a reading associated with a tropical cyclone in Australia. But it still holds the record for directly measured. <laughs> and, and there's some pictures of this poor guy holding the anemometer that measured this wind. I mean, I, I feel for the guy who did it. Because the the one done with the tropical cyclone, of course, was from an automated station. Not to question the value of the, of the reading, but that way, you know, you can still have this record of someone directly measuring it. Any case, both were in the same day. Next morning, woke up, back to blue skies. But the, the part that's interesting about the New Hampshire one is I went up there. I may post a, a video of this in the shorts. It's well known, like I said, for its wind. And it, that did not disappoint. It was foggy and all that as well. But they'll close the road if winds get above 100 miles an hour. And, and this is one, essentially, you can drive to the top. It's been there a long time and was built out of, this was built out of the era coming out of the Great Depression in the U.S. when a lot of these kind of big construction projects were done. And this road was built during that time. And you even get a little bumper sticker with your car that says, this car climbed the, the Mount Washington Road or something like that. I've, I've got it out there somewhere. Not that I'm going to put it on my car. But... It also has a weather observatory up there that's kind of, it's well known, right, because of this. And it's the hostile conditions. They get lots of snow. They get lots of wind. 
And I did this video where it was windy. It wasn't as windy as it could have been because they, we were allowed to go up. But you went out to the edge of the observation deck, and I could literally lean into the wind. It was one of those that it was it's definitely going pretty fast. Now, if I were to estimate, I didn't have something to directly measure it. I would have said it was probably maybe a 50-mile-an-hour wind, maybe 60, somewhere in that range. But it wasn't blowing me over. But it could blow me backwards sort of thing if I didn't lean into it. It was a lot of fun. A hike that I can also do some weather nerdy things, always good for me. Weather was great. Cold front passed through. That was part of what was delivering that that weather. And, you know, it was just fall. Some of the leaves started to change. It was just nice. It was nice to get away. Some of the cooler air is going to come to where I actually live this week, and which will be nice because it's, it, you know, I, I'm ready for it. I know not everybody's in that. And you've heard me mention before. If there's a weather I like, it's snow, right? I, I love the snow. But if there's a season I like, it definitely is fall and all the things that go with fall. So I'm really looking forward to it and ready for some fall action. Been busy with work stuff, and it's always nice to get a break. The other thing I got a chance to do on this trip is use my Medio Tracker. You guys have heard me mention that. So played around with that a little bit. There were pros and cons. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and say it's all wonderful thing. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to utilize it for different activities I might want to use it for. You know, the idea was, and they really promote it more for putting on a car, but they also promote it for like hang gliding or, you know, being up in the air. Um, certainly for being, I, I bought the one that had a bike mount with it and I have used it on my bike. But to that end, I'm getting another device. Yeah, I, I know. I decided to go ahead and get another one that measures wind. This one, the, the Medio Trekker doesn't directly measure wind, and they may in the future. But for riding on my bike, I think wind's going to be a really important thing. So I got another little doodad to try. We'll see how that one goes. In any case, had some fun with that. The last thing that I wanted to share with you guys is that I did do a little bit more filming for Blue Sky Weather, and I, I really am close. I've not had the time to edit some of the videos that I want to get out there. I've, I've got enough kind of put together, and these are going to be short. These are going to be like a minute to three minutes, somewhere in that range, and it's going to be on the YouTube channel, but the idea is pretty basic, just to kind of share things that I enjoy doing when the weather permits, right? Now, it doesn't mean it's always got to be a blue sky in, in my world, but it's going to be focused on less about the weather per se, even though there's always going to be, you know, with me, some weather elements from time to time and more about just getting outside and enjoying being outside. It's not going to particularly be indoor focused things. It's going to be the things we enjoy doing when, for instance, there's perfect fall weather. It was fall, foggy, but I could be outside and do some fun stuff. So even there's even some clips from, from this weekend as well. I'll let you guys know more when that goes out there. Now, a couple other things. Survey still out there. I did something today. I got a few more responses. It's interesting. I'm getting some opposing information, which is good. It's something to digest, and I'll share with you guys in the future. But first and foremost, I still want more responses, right? It's pretty plain and simple. But I did something to make it easier. So if you're just listening right now, and you're, oh, I don't want to find a link, I don't want to look for it, and, and again, you're not driving or something, just go to whatisitabouttheweather.com slash survey. That's going to redirect you to the to where it is, right? It's not at that point. It, it is still in the Google form, but that way you make it easier. What is about to weather.com slash survey. Now, because I was in there doing that, I also did something else. I'm going to be doing a ride for charity. It's actually to support the 
Autism Science Foundation. I want to make sure that I got that right. I think that's what it is. It's ASF for short, and it is Autism Science Foundation. And I'm going to be doing a bike ride that's about, I don't remember the, it's, we call it a metric century. So it's somewhere in that range. I know it's more than 60 miles, but the idea is pretty plain and simple. Raise some money, right? It's not really a race. I am going to be doing a different race in October, a little later. But this one is a group ride where a bunch of people get together that like to ride. And we do, there there are different links for, you know, different goals that people might have. But uh, I'm doing the, the full length one with the goal of raising some money. And so to that end, you can also go to whatisitaboutTheweather.com slash charity. Again, whatisitaboutTheweather.com slash charity and make a donation and put your money to work. So if you're feeling charitable as you're listening to this, please do that. It would mean a lot to me to be able to make some money for a worthwhile cause. And that is the objective there. All right. If you have questions about any of those things, right, you can always reach me directly. What is it about the weather at gmail.com? Pop me an email. You can find me there on Twitter as well with that same line. Yeah, the short abbreviated name is not that, but just type in what's about the weather on Twitter. You can find me or Mark underscore Jelinek, of course, on Twitter. Of course, the Patreon page, patreon.com slash weather. All right. Enough of this and that and the other, let's talk a little bit about weather forecast. Because while I was anticipating the weather I got this weekend, as you heard me in the intro, there are plenty of times when weather does not turn out the way we expect it, right? Not to say that the weather forecast haven't improved, not to say that a lot of times it's just fine, but you know, you may have a weekend day that you've gone and scheduled a bunch of stuff that, yeah, this is better if it's not taking up a, 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 a rainy day maybe you, that you're going to do some things with versus a nice fall day where you might plan to get out and do something, right? We've all had that. I know I've had it, and I even consider myself a reasonably good weather forecaster, right? But is there something you can do about it? Now, I'm going to talk in the context of, certainly with this little meteo tracker thing that I've gotten, but also... Most of these things, I won't say all of them, a lot of them we've covered bits and pieces here and there in episodes over time, but they've really been in different context. And I really started thinking about, as I was, you know, as always, I hear people talking about the weather. We like to have some sort of control in life about things that are influencing our decision-making process or what we decide to do, right? And that could be on any front, Okay. Yeah. Watching the stock market today, take a dive. And I'd sure like to have an accurate forecast that would have told me that today of all days, it was going to take a dive. Right. But this can have to do with our health. And certainly we've dealt a lot with that with COVID. It can have to do with disasters and wanting to help people and, and reach out and feeling like we're in control of making a difference. And that, so it's not always just our lives. It can be those around us that we really want to shape or influence or help or improve. And weather is just one of the components that does that. Okay. So we get back to this fundamental idea of, is there something you as an individual or me as an individual or us collectively as individuals can actually do 
to improve the weather forecast we get so that you're less likely to be disappointed in the end? Is there? Well, let's talk about what you can do and how you might, you just might be able to push things in the direction that are beneficial towards you. Some of it's a little short-term thinking. Some of it's a little longer-term thinking. But how you might go about doing it or things that I might recommend. And I really do think there are different ways to kind of ponder it, right? That you can think about it as, do I want to do something actively versus passively? Do I want to do something that's exceptionally cheap versus something that might be a little more expensive or, or cost something out of pocket? And do I want to look at improving my forecast like right now, like what I'm doing today? How can I make sure I'm getting more accurate information versus how might I help all forecast in the future? Right? These are some of the questions that might go in your mind about how you would go through this process. So let's talk about a few things that you can do that have a real potential of impacting weather forecast. Now, one of them and probably maybe the most important thing that you can do as an individual that has the potential to influence a weather forecast is if you live in a location, this being key, where you can install a personal weather station and you've got the funds to do it, and we can talk about that a little bit, it's probably the number one thing to do. And I'll tell you why that is. And this has changed over time. Now, I had a personal weather station. I got my first one you know, that I would call a credible one, you know, a high quality one. And they weren't, it's not cheap. I got it about over 20 years ago. All right. My Davis is the manufacturer. They're well-known. They're one of the well-known brands. And I wasn't living in a place that was like a house or a spot where I could put it outside, but I put it on the roof of an apartment I was living in. I had roof access and I could do that. I even took it with me when I lived out of the country in Chile and I had it up. Currently it's at a family member's house who has a situation where it benefits them and it gathers a lot of data and that data used to be able to be shared in a neat way. There was a website that some of you may not be familiar with called weather underground. And one of the neat things that they did is you could pull up anybody's weather station and see what the recent data was reported there, but doing anything meaningful with that data was a bit tricky. I mean, you could look at how maybe somebody that was a, you know, let's take a location where like Santiago, Chile, where there's some people that live in the city and then there's some people that live in the foothills or maybe further up the Andes mountains, they're going to have very different outcomes. But if you have some different stations, you could look around and say, Hey, what are the differences right now? Right? What am I seeing? But it was very focused on what was happening in that moment and didn't necessarily tell you something about the future, but that is changing with personal weather stations. And I'm going to bring up one in particular. I'm not endorsing this per se, but it is a product that has caught my attention, and it's caught my attention for a couple of different reasons. It's called Weatherflow, and it's they have a product. I think the, the current model is called the Tempest, but this was a Kickstarter-started thing. And the unit is unlike the traditional weather stations that maybe you've seen that have the little anemometer, you know, that spins in the little vein and this bucket that collects the rain and stuff. Some of those are, and they've shrunk those down and you can get them from different providers that are more condensed. But this one just looks like a pole almost with a little 
I don't know, like a little lamp post on the top of it. And the benefit is there's really no moving parts. Now, you may say, well, how accurate is that? Well, actually, a lot of the high-end products that measure wind, okay, do so with instruments that don't move. I mean, that's been the design over time is to get away from moving parts. And we see that in a lot of things we do. The less moving parts, the less options or the less situations where something's going to break or break as easily. So this one measures winds with a, with a sonic profiler, I believe. And some of the fancier ones out there use microwaves and that sort of thing. But it also does something similar for measuring rain. Okay, so it measures it based on, it's got a, a sensor on the top that it uses haptic feedback. So very similar to what you feel with, with your phone device, right? When you get that kind of, when you do a long press or something and you kind of get a response, right? You get that little vibration back that you know you've done it right. And th the fundamental idea is the same. Now, there are some complaints that maybe that's not as good as a rain gauge or a bucket where it's actually directly measuring how much water is going in. And that, that could be true as well, all right? With all these things, I think it gets down to what's your situation is what's going to be the right weather station. I talked, I did one of the biggest videos that I still get views on today on the YouTube channel is related to selecting and citing a personal weather station. But what's neat about this station, and, I, and I'm seeing it more with others as well, is they use your data to create a weather forecast for you. All right. The idea is pretty simple, is it's micro-tuning a forecast based on information you're providing it. Okay, And we're seeing this with other providers that you've heard me mention before that are getting data from different sources. But fundamentally, at the end of the day, this data can help drive a forecast in the short term that's geared towards where you are. And this is particularly useful if you're making decisions that are going to be in and around where you live or where that unit is. But maybe more importantly, that data, not necessarily specifically just that unit, there are programs in place, and I'm putting a link in the show note to one called the Citizen Weather Observation Program that collect data from personal weather stations all over the globe. Now, traditionally, it was more in the U.S., but it's expanded outside of that footprint that can be used to validate other data in the area and ultimately be pulled into the observation database that supplies how weather forecasts work. And you've heard me mention before that one of the key things is that data assimilation process, where you're getting, getting data, how high the quality data is, and pulling it in and working with it. So by having a personal weather station, you have the opportunity now to not only drive a better local forecast of where you are specifically, but your data can go and help others that don't even have a station to get a better forecast. And you don't have to have this specific unit to do it. I was just using that as an example of one that issues a forecast for you. All right. It's not the cheapest route to go for sure, but it is one that probably can give you kind of the best of all these things. It gives you a now forecast. It gives you, it's working towards the future. All right. And even if you don't get one of the fancy stations that generates a forecast from your data, you can help the forecast in general, which will include you by your data going back into the system that's doing it, right? But that's by no means the only way to do it. You can become trained as a storm spotter, as an example, link in the show notes, to help people that are forecasting real-time weather events like tornadoes and other things. When you see a dangerous situation, that can be shared. 
And that allows forecasters that are doing forecast in real time to improve the quality of their forecast, particularly in situations that still have a lot of human intervention when they're trying to do something real time or trying to give you information that's up to date about what's been seen. And the last thing you want to do, right, is be in a situation where you're creating a misinformation situation where because you don't know what's going on, you're feeding bad information in the system. Well, this is a way to turn around and do good information, okay? So we've got ways, whether you're buying a piece of equipment that's sharing or whether you're sharing what you're seeing that are very focused on not just you. That's, that's one of the really nice things about these things, but it's focused on other people as well. Now, one of the last things I want to talk about are these little personal weather devices that are starting to come out. And you've heard me, we've talked about phones in the past, about measuring atmospheric pressure and that sort of thing. One of the things I don't like about the idea of, of getting these things from phones is too often we don't know where the phone is, right? Is it in someone's pocket? It, getting past the whether it's inside or outside, because inside the data is useless. But let's say you're outside. Are you carrying your pocket or do you have it in your hand? Is it directly in the sun? Is it getting an inaccurate measurement? Because a lot of times the phones aren't going to be tuned for those things. So while they may be able to provide some basic data, it's probably only going to be a piece no matter how you slice it. But this, these little devices like the Medio Tracker and this other one that I've just decided to get have the potential... All right. Like those other systems that can share data to share data in places that weather stations that personal weather stations that are stuck in a single location can't go. Now, we've got a long way to go to where we start taking those data and ingesting them into computer models right, or forecasting models. But we're getting to the point where that could be a step where I do think they're useful, though, for now is in your own personal forecast. Right, particularly when you're on the move or you're going somewhere, and you can take the data that's coming into you real time, whether it's from that device, okay, or from that device's system that's also generating a potential forecast. And I, this other one, I don't know how well it's going to do that. A lot of them try to project, hey, you can do something with this data. What I'm going to be trying to evaluate, and I actually submitted an abstract about this for the upcoming AMS meeting. I don't know whether it will be accepted or not, is trying to see what you can take out of that data. Now, I did it from more of a sports, athletic, outdoorsy sort of thing because I'm really interested in that. I'm interested in seeing can I take that data and look at my performance and see the role that it has. But what I hope to use this data for, and, and the one that I just bought that I'm going to put on my bike, is in theory, it can give me true real-time data about headwinds, for instance, that I'm dealing with when I'm doing a ride. And that might tweak when I'm deciding to exert more force or not. Because sometimes when you go into too strong of a headwind, you're just working against yourself. No matter how hard you try, it's, you're, you're not going to get somewhere. Or that may be the wrong time to exert. Sometimes it might be the time to preserve your energy and then as the winds ease to try to make up the difference right and and it gets into the you know I, i'm not going to get into all the math of things not always being linear that, fundamentally that's the idea but these are just a few of the things you can do right the last thing i'm going to remind you of because you know i like to remind you of, of things that uh, this are simple but sometimes we forget is shop your weather forecast a little bit if you've got an app that you constantly rely on, and this is true for all of us, we get biases, we think that's the best one. If it's let you down a couple times, 
consider going to another source. So by you just making a decision change, you might be improving your weather forecast. Well, there you have it. Some thoughts for today. I hope you find them useful. And I will let you know how my data starts coming back from this project. Whether I end up doing a a presentation at the AMS meeting or not, I'm still going to do the research because it's a topic that interests me. But in the meantime, in the meantime, as you're out there thinking about how you can improve your life and thinking about the things that you do that influence directly your life and have real outcomes, think about it with respect to weather. Because as we all know, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.